Welcome to the Lionshare Podcast for marketing leaders by marketing leaders. Brought to you by Fidelitas Development. Hello, and welcome to the second edition of the Lionshare Marketing Podcast. I'm your co host, Tyler Sickmeyer. Alongside me, virtually, is our good friend Kyle Weber uh, out of our Nashville office. And the Lionshare Marketing Podcast is a marketing podcast for marketing leaders, brought to you by marketing leaders. Today, we have an awesome guest with us, Brian Switchko from ghostinfluence.com. Brian is one of the top Reddit marketers, and we're going to get to his interview with us in a little bit. But first, we'll let Kyle share with you just what's in the news. News team, assemble! Okay, so today in the news, we have an article from Marketing Land. It is entitled, Ads in Facebook Messenger are Officially Here. Uh, Facebook Messenger rolled out sponsored messages so now you're able to strike up a conversation with your audience. I think that's going to be a powerful thing because one of the best things that you can do is have an ongoing conversation. You can really connect. You can answer their questions. You can send them the messages that you need them to see so that they can connect. Tyler, what do you think, man? I think this is a huge opportunity for brands that want to connect with their customers and also for single guys looking to connect with females. So Kyle, have you tried this yet? I I haven't, but you know I do have a personal page on Facebook, so um, I don't really know what my unique value proposition is yet. But I'll start I'll start working on some things. Really going to have to pay attention to where the Fidelitas card gets used on Facebook ad accounts now. <laughs> yeah, <So. laughs> yeah, yeah. We should uh, we should talk about a budget for that. Yeah, yeah. We'll get right on that. Uh, you, you know, the interesting thing about messenger ads, I think they're going to be very effective. I think this is Facebook's answer to text message marketing, which is an underrated tool that I've written about many times for Fidelitas development. The reason text message marketing is so effective is that it has a 99.9% .9 read rate because no one can stand to have that little one or envelope on their home screen. They have to read exactly every text right. message. It's going to be the exact same way with Facebook Messenger ads. They're going to get read because people want to clear the notification at all costs. So you're gonna have a much higher read rate when it comes to your messages. That said, there is one caveat, and we actually wrote about this over at fidelitasdevelopment.com. We'll put a link to the blog in the show notes. But if you head over to that blog, we talk about one of the caveats is that you can only serve Messenger ads to people that have already messaged your page. So you can't even send it to all your fans. You've actually got to get them to engage with your page directly in a message first. So uh, Kyle, that might also hurt your uh, dating campaign. But yeah, usually I'm not, I'm not messaged very often. So I could, could see where I struggle. However, Sadie Hawkins dance wasn't your jam. No, definitely no, not in my, my khaki pants. Uh, anyway, I, I do have an idea though. What if I created calls to action where I get people to message me, then they've messaged me and now, you know, I can reach out to them. Oh, you think, think that might work for brands too? I, I don't know about brands. I'm, I'm just, speaking about me per personally and yeah, they probably will work for brands. Yeah, I, th I think so too. And that's actually one of the things we write about is actually gamifying the message function. Right now, if most marketing leaders were to open up their inbox on their brand's Facebook pages, they're going to find uh, mostly hate, complaints, and comments about how their content wasn't relevant to them or how they're overpriced or anything else that a negative Nancy would like to send them. 
So unfortunately, most of the people in your brand's inbox right now aren't going to be your most raving fans, but you can change that. And one of the ways we recommend doing that is a contest. And this might be kind of a gray area when it comes to Facebook's terms of service, but we're more the mindset of try it and then apologize later if they tell you to stop it. Uh, but until Facebook cracks down on it, I, I would run contests where people enter by sending a message to the page. And then that way you get your uh, engagement up. You've got people engaging with the page and sending messages. And also a dirty little secret, when it comes to getting your content in the newsfeed of your fans more often, if they've messaged directly with your page, Facebook's going to know that that content's pretty important to them. So they're going to serve it to them more often. So you're going to get your engagement up on your organic content as well. So it's a great way to do it. Uh, highly recommend uh, gamifying the message function, and then that'll allow you to serve messenger ads down the line. It's all about chess, not checkers, right, buddy? Yeah, that's great. I think it's. It, I think this is going to be a powerful tool. Just another feather to put in your hat, and uh, I, I think that we'll we'll know a lot more obviously when we start seeing the numbers roll in. But I think this is going to be uh, a good strategy for a lot of brands. Absolutely. I, I agree wholeheartedly. Definitely something to watch as we move forward now that it's available across the board. Yeah, so we'll definitely keep an eye for that. Uh, make sure you pay attention for it in your Facebook ads manager. And without further ado, let's get to our interview with Brian. All right. And with us today is Brian Switchco, whose grandfather founded Switchco many, many, many uh, eons ago. They, they one of the most successful switch companies ever. Uh, on a serious note, Brian is the owner and proprietor of ghostinfluence.com and the host of the Ghost Influence podcast, worth a uh, search and download and listen. Today, we've got Brian on. Brian is known as one of the premier Reddit marketers to the point that he actually got Reddit's attention. And he has a lot of fun marketing stories as well that marketing leaders can take away key lessons when it comes to influencer marketing and also just using Reddit for marketing in general. So Brian, welcome to the Lion Share Marketing Podcast. Thanks so much for having me on and for the uh, fantastic introduction. I hope I can. I hope I can live up to it. So, Brian, why don't you start? Give the listeners a little bit of your backstory. Uh, how how'd you get to where you are, and, and what is Ghost Influence, and sort of how you, I, I don't. I know you like to describe yourself as famously infamous. <laughs> so, 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 if you so if you want, go ahead and give us some background on yourself and uh, how you got to where you are. Yeah, absolutely. I was always a tinker as a kid. Uh, I went to school for computer networking, hated programming, went into graphic design. And, and from that point, kind of touched a little bit of everything creative services from uh, starting an event photography business and a marketing agency to doing video production work and writing uh, really, really crappy blog posts for a car dealership. And it kind of just ranged from everything. And I, I never really found uh, one thing that I enjoyed. I kind of like assembling um, all of the pieces. And it got to the point where I I wanted to launch my own personal brands um, to some degree out of spite and kind of started looking at what made me different and unique. And what I realized was that that's stories. Um, I really love telling stories, but I don't love telling stories in order to teach, you know, the five things that you must know about using PPC on Facebook. Uh, I like to tell stories about one thing, one, one, one lesson, one punchline. Well, I'm so uh, glad you read our latest blog, by the way. <laughs> I, I didn't, but serendipity is strong. Uh, and yeah, and so I, I launched this blog and um, the, you know, going into it, I kind of was like, I'm going to take all of my own advice and I'm going to do everything right. And uh, the, the kind of unique selling proposition of the blog was that I was going to tell stories uh, that were humorous and entertaining, uh, but that taught one thing because every lesson that I ever 
learned and actually remembered from college um, or just in life came with, you know, a story, whether it be going to the principal's office, almost getting arrested or, you know, bombing out with a cute girl. It came with a story. And those are the ones that I remembered. So I figured if I wrote stories that people remembered, that they'd remember the lesson as well. And the first one that I wrote uh, was actually a story about me pranking my roommate with targeted Facebook ads. Uh, and I didn't have, uh, at the time, I didn't really want to commit a significant ad budget to the project because I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I didn't know what I wanted to sell. I didn't have any programs. I wasn't offering consulting. I kind of committed to just creating content and building a brand for 30 days. And then I was like, I, I know all the things that I can do. I just don't know which one of those I want to do. So I'm going to wait 30 days before I even make an offer. And so the focus was just build that brand. And uh, I wrote the posts and wrote it tailored to, uh, to the marketing community on Reddit. And I dropped it there and it went viral. It hit the front page of Reddit twice, uh, one in our mar- once in our marketing and once in best of. I got featured in Adweek, Business Insider, Search Engine Journal, Hacker News, uh, some e-cards, like the list goes on. Like everything that I'd ever read, I was featured in. And it just kind of blew me away because I was pretty much inherently cheap and well i'm sorry efficient uh and and you know i I wanted to get the the biggest bang for my buck i wanted someone else to do the work for me and the goal was was to make my story someone else's and when i saw that happen um when i saw you know kind of the the full um the, the plan become realized and how powerful that was the fact that you know in the first year it was about five million earned media impressions and still three years later i get work off of that that story that i wrote three years ago it cost me a dollar seventy in paid advertising. Seeing that happen really got me obsessed with um, the idea of creating a message that's designed from the beginning and all the way through to be carried, not creating something and then figuring out how you can tell people why they should buy it, but creating something for people because they already want it, and and crafting that message all the way through for the person that you're intending to talk to, um, and that became kind of the the style of marketing that I really gra- gravitated towards is you know, finding an existing audience uh, and figuring out how to serve them and craft that experience for them so that it becomes their message instead of yours. So are you crafting these stories specifically for, say, like a Reddit audience or a different platform? It might change for the other platform? I'm, I'm crafting it for an existing audience, not necessarily a Reddit audience. And kind of what I mean by that is when you start a brand, regardless of what that brand is, if it's, you know, a blog or an e-commerce company, um, you have to, the, the traditional model through Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and everything else is that you, you offer something of value, content, you know, videos, whatever, and you build an audience, you build a relationship with the audience, and then you leverage that relationship and get them to purchase. Now, not in that linear order, but over time, that is what you're doing. Um, Reddit is one of the few communities where, or the few platforms where there are established communities within. Um, if you are starting a motorcycle blog, you have to build an audience of people who like motorcycles. If you have this really amazing motorcycle that you spent a hundred hours working on and building from scratch, there are existing communities on Reddit that are going to take that and throw it everywhere on the web and think that it's the coolest thing because it's, it's what they believe in. So it's an existing community. And there's actually a lot of those out there from Reddit and Hacker News to really just, um, you know, leveraging the media and creating something that they're going to push to their audience and be able to talk about because they need content. Um, So instead of, you know, building an audience from scratch, really looking at what audiences exist and say, does my idea that I haven't developed yet or does my product that I have developed already um, fit this audience? And if it does, how can I make it, you know, 
suction cup to their face um, and really just design it for them. Uh, you know, when I told the Facebook prank story to my mom, it lasted about 60 seconds. I said, oh, yeah, you know my roommate and you know the ads you see on the sidebar on Facebook? Yeah, like I made a whole campaign of those that just targeted him and like really freaked him out with personal information. And she asked a question and then I answered the question. She's like, oh, that's funny. And it was done. <laughs> but at a marketing conference, someone, you know, I start telling the story and next thing I know, it's like an hour and a half later, I'm on the rooftop of the Rio Hotel in Vegas and I've lost my voice because they want to know every like detail in the most entertaining and theatrical way possible. And, you know, it's the same story just designed for a different audience. And I think that People should do that with every message, but um, usually what I'm doing is doing it before the company ever exists is what I really love is launching companies. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, that message actually really spoke to me when I read the article about what you had done, uh, which we should, uh, Tyler, we should definitely put a link in the show notes to that article. Absolutely. Uh, I, I started telling somebody earlier on today about what you had done, and I almost had tears coming out of my eyes from laughing so hard. I could barely get through telling the story because it, it really resonated with me. I, it's something that I would do. I would love to do that. Hilarious. So now you mentioned the, the audiences, different audiences and stuff. So as a single guy, you know, what is your advice to, you know, someone who is on a platform like Tinder and, you know, what can somebody do to stand out or tell a story within, you know, a profile on Tinder? <laughs> um, yeah, uh, we were talking a little bit about this before and, and I have a lot of experience, uh, with, with Tinder, um, because of, I guess we'll call it my curiosity. Um, Tinder is a very interesting platform, uh, in their, in their regards that there's, there's very little information. Uh, you have five pictures and you have a short bio, you know, maybe some Instagram photos connected, but there's, there's very, there's a small amount of information, which means that the information that's present makes a bigger impact. And so you see a more radical kind of change in how, how actions are taken, um, because of the information that's present. So, uh, I would say probably two years ago, uh, when I first got on Tinder, I was curious and, uh, I had my, my first pick, I, I basically did a test. Um, and this is back before any bots existed. So I did this manually. Um, but I put up a picture of myself, uh, and it was actually from like a, an old podcast. I'm kind of like posed in front of my desk in a very, you know, like I'm posing for this photo kind of manner. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's at a desk and I swiped right on 200 women with, with no exceptions. I, I made no judgments. It was just whatever 200 women were there and I waited and then I counted how many people matched me. And then after a while, when it slowed down and I said, okay, that's all I'm going to get, I switched the picture and it was a picture of me finishing Tough Mudder, not wearing a shirt, a little Abby. Um, you know, there's some definition there. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and I was like holding a beer and I did the same thing, exactly 200, waited the same amount of time and I counted how many matches I got. And then the third one, uh, I changed it again and it was me dressed up, standing in between two friends, a guy and a girl, both also dressed up, um, coincidentally at the Rio Hotel. Uh, and, um, and I, and I did the same thing. And what I realized, what I expected was I'm going to get more matches on one of these. And that's the photo that I'm going to use. That's why I did the experiment. Cause I was curious. What I found was very surprising is that probably about 90% of the people who matched me behind my desk were, um, human services workers. So teachers, healthcare workers, um, social workers, like, 
and I had I had an ex that was a teacher, and I had an ex that was a social worker, and it's a very specific mindset. That's it's not bad, it's not good, it's just notable. Which is that um, those people tend to prefer security, um, as both of my exes did, and really hated the fact that I worked for myself. <laughs> and um, so, what was interesting is as I started talking to those people. Uh, they pretty much all just stopped talking to me as soon as they found out I worked for myself. Like, just drop the conversation. And I'm like, huh, interesting. That is interesting. And so the second photo of me with my shirt off, um, I'm pretty sure I was like, something like 95% of the people who matched me were under the age of 22. Uh, and the, I will say the, uh, the responses were very short. Um, it was like, oh, cool, let, let's do a thing. Like, there wasn't really conversation. It was just like a arranging a date like beelining it for what they want kind of thing like you know I'm not gonna screw around I'm just like I'm going for what I want um and it was interesting I think that that lesson really taught me kind of you know the the thing that you the the piece of yourself that you put out into the world is going to attract a different type of person now it doesn't mean that you you know are going to attract a better or a worse person it means that you're going to attract a different kind of person and you know then the question becomes which type of person do you are you interested in so from a dating perspective i wasn't too interested in dating someone who was in you know human services because um i my both my exes were in that and it didn't go so well so I was right. like, i'll probably stay away from that <laughs> um and and the uh you know the 22 year olds who uh and i was i think i was 25 at the time um, I was like, I think that we have different life goals. So I don't think either of those pictures should be on my profile. Uh, and I, you know, it kind of got me thinking more of like, you know, what, what is a representation of me and, and who is that going to attract? Who do I want to attract? But all of the above is true in regards to a company. It's that a lot of companies will be very forceful in their marketing, um, which I would probably equate to, you know, having your shirt off and saying you're over six foot on Tinder. Um, you know, it's, you're kind of there for a purpose. It's like, you know, it's pretty obvious what I'm doing here. Like I'm showing you my muscles. I'm telling you I'm over six foot, you know, I'm inviting you to go for a drink right away. Like it's pretty clear what's going on. Now, some people will be into that and that's cool. That's their thing. But you know, if you're a company and you're looking for a repeat customer, then you probably should build a little bit more of a relationship before you go in for the, you know, the home run swing. Um, and that was, I mean, it's just, you know, a lot of interesting lessons can be learned in a lot of interesting places. If you, uh, if you're, you're willing to kind of explore, um, new, new possibilities. Uh, and I, it's one of my favorite terms is cross-discipline creativity. Uh, and you know, some of the stuff I learn in, in dating, I apply in marketing and vice versa. So, um, you really can learn anything anywhere if you're open enough. That's funny and so true, Brian. You know, it's funny, uh, quick side note for our listeners at home, marketing leaders that are thinking, oh, this is a perfect excuse to try out Tinder. It's market research. <laughs> if you're married, we do not recommend that, and we're not going to be held liable for the uh, uh, court bills that, that come as a result of that. So just uh, use it at your own discretion. But, but Your Honor, I listen to this podcast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We, we need to make sure we have a waiver of liability in the show notes. <laughs> so, so, so uh, Brian, real quick, before we move off of Tinder, tell us about a, a, a hack or two that you have. There's obviously a lot of uh, similarities between finding your target market and uh, finding the, the ideal date. Tell us about some of your hacks or at least one good hack that you've got on, on Tinder for standing out because obviously, like you said, everyone's got the same amount of real estate and it's not like you can necessarily 
uh, at least to my knowledge, you can't run paid ads on Tinder. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so what do you, what do you do to stand I mean, out? I think, I think the paid ads version of Tinder would be like taking a picture of a sports car and putting a picture of you that, <laughs> picture of you with that. Um, but yeah, so, so as far as standing out, this is something that I realized and it's, it's, it's an interesting proposition, but most people, and I had a conversation with a, a girl that I've, we're, I, we're calling her a regular fixture is I think the terminology that's going on right now. Um, but we're, you know, somewhere in the 12 date range, uh, and met through Tinder. And we were talking about it the other day that, um, most men will open with something very bland, uh, hi, hello, you know, how, how's the weather pancakes or waffles, like whatever. It's very bland, very generic. It's, it very clearly could be used for any conversation. Like sure. It's an icebreaker and you know, it, it, it makes sense. Maybe it's interesting, but it could be used for any conversation. So the, the key number one is really to be able to say something that is unique to that person that, that, but not only is unique to that person, but would be perceived by them as being unique. And the next piece is really showing them that you understand who they are. Um, don't tell them, but show them that you understand who they are. Now, um, I will actually read the message that was sent to the regular fixture um, who I uh, was actually hanging out with last night because it's, it, it is the definition of that message. Uh, her profile read uh, ENFJ, which I am as well. Um, I am as well. And she says, uh, inter international party girl, um, and she kind of had like a snarky comment. Uh, three pictures. One is looking up and away from the, the camera. The other is her kind of with her arms up, kind of doing like a mid street, like a dance move. Friend took the picture. And the third one is a selfie where she's kind of, I would say, looking uh, kind, like not sad, but not, you know, the kind of selfie, you know, traditional, like bougie photo. Um, no duck face. Right. No duck face. Anyway, so this is the message I said. I said, uh, you look like a walking, parentheses, often dancing, parentheses, juxtaposition, juxtaposition, adorable and wholesome right up until the lights go down and the music comes up. I have the odd urge to hoist you on my shoulders in a public place, but you've wandered so far away. When are you wandering back to LA? Because she, um, when I matched her, she was like three miles away and then she was 300. The reason that I said that was because that was how I saw her. Um, I looked at her pictures. I looked at how many, how many versions of her there were based on how many pictures there were. I got, I got to know her through her profile and really took the time to kind of say like, who is this person that designs this particular type of profile and how can I show her that I understand that? Um, and, and really kind of blew her away. Cause she's like, Holy shit, this guy gets me, uh, which is the conversation we were having last night. And the, the hold you on my shoulders thing is, you know, it's a lot of women who are very attractive. Um, you know, they, they, they don't, they're never talked to They're They're talked upon. Um, you know, a lot of, I, a lot of women who, um, there's this, there's this, this barrier essentially, and guys put them on a pedestal and just try and, you know, win them and don't ever have a conversation with them on an even playing field and treat them like a human being. And so a lot of times if you go in with, you know, especially with someone who's like kind of playful and, and cocky and, um, you know, maybe a little bit snarky, if you, if you go in and you meet them at that level, then you, you position yourself as an equal. And I typically am that type of person. And that is why I, I matched and messaged with this girl um, so it was really just kind of having the, the confidence, uh, to be able to speak me. And, and the, I, I kind of go into this a little bit deeply because so often companies are not willing to do that. Um, so often a company will, 
really just kind of say the, the safe things like these are our product benefits and it is this much money and if you buy it now you'll get this much off and that's the equivalent of just saying hey you know like it's sunny out today you know isn't that awesome and it's like well yeah it's LA it's always sunny you know it, it really just diminishes the value of the conversation it, it keeps it high level and it avoids having any kind of meaningful relationship with the person you're talking to be it brand to customer um, or you know tinder match to tinder match uh, so really taking the time to understand who you are and, and be willing to show that personality and be willing to have people turn you down because they don't like that personality. Um, for every, you know, person that turns you down, you're going to find someone that jumps at you and wants to put a ring on it. So um, I think it's really important to take the time to uh, honestly and earnestly invest in uh, understanding the, the personality and language of the brand. That's great. And, and again, so, so many similarities between trying to find a date and trying to find a customer. Brian, on that note, let's shift gears for a minute and let's talk about uh, another one of your claims to fame, which you, you, you kind of alluded to, which is Reddit. And, and tell us about, uh, obviously everyone knows what Reddit is, but talk to us about uh, using Reddit as a marketing tool. Maybe dive in a little bit more into how, just how you go about that and how you separated yourself from the pack in that regard. There's, I'd, I'd kind of disagree with the statement a little bit because uh, a lot of people know what Reddit is, but not many people know what Reddit is. And, you know, they, they know it's, it's a thing, but they don't really understand the purpose or the value. They don't understand why people are obsessed with it. Um, and and they, a lot of people look at it and say, well, it only has 5 million active users. Like, how could that be worth my time? You know, Facebook has billions. And the, the reality is that... Um, Facebook and Twitter and Instagram are brand-centric platforms. Uh, people will go on those platforms and they will uh, commit to following a brand. You know, they'll say, I like uh, Miley Cyrus. I don't know why that came to mind, but I like Miley Cyrus. Um, <laughs> and uh, so, you know, so basically you say, I like this, this person. And if that person then becomes uninteresting, annoying, you know, whatever, then you say, I no longer like this person. I don't have to listen to them anymore. Uh, when it comes to Reddit and other democratic platforms, which there, there are a few, but Reddit's certainly the largest and most active. Um, when you say, you know, I, I like this thing, you say, I, I enjoy motorcycles. So you go and you subscribe to the motorcycle subreddit, and then you see all of the content from that subreddit. Now, all the content is submitted by all the people who are a part of that subreddit. So uh, if you submit something about bananas, then it's going to get downvoted and probably deleted because it's not motorcycle related. But if you submit a picture of a motorcycle from, you know, the Ducati website, then you're like, okay, well, it's motorcycle related, but it's just a stock photo from the Ducati website. That's not special to us. So it gets downvoted and probably deleted usually just download it. But if you find this like rare one of a kind, oh my God, a motorcycle, which I saw one today, it's like this beautiful MV Agusta, like triple exhaust, crazy pants. I'm like, shouldn't be a thing because it looks aggressive and dangerous. That's the thing that they're like, everybody loves motorcycles. And this is, you know, so amazingly unique and powerful to them. So as long as you take what you have, your message and your content, and you curate it to those communities, you have a bunch of existing people that you can reach without having to build them up, right? You don't have to build an audience in order to reach the audience as you do on Facebook. You find an audience that exists and you say, hey, like, I think this would be something that's of interest to you. 
the thing with Reddit is that most people think it's, it's very challenging to see that and challenging to understand the nature of kind of like how you're able to leverage it because uh, self-promotion is, to say the least, frowned upon. And everybody, I mean, when I got started, everybody's like, you can't do self-promotion on Reddit. And I'm like, well, you can't do self-promotion if it's intrusive, but if it's adding value and non-narcissistic and humble as much as possible, then you can um, and there are plenty of companies that are hailed as just being the coolest things in the world and constantly make it to the top of Reddit, but usually they're submitted by people who kind of are just fans of those people. Um, and that's great, but you know, companies have the ability to make content that's designed with that audience in mind and, and get that traction. Now, the reason that that traction is powerful is not because of the amount of users, um, but rather who the users are. Um, the people who consume on Reddit are high consumers. They have a very high bar and they consume a lot of information. And what that means is that when you put content on there, it is very quickly and very aggressively judged. Um, if it is magnificent, then it rises to the top. And if it's okay or really crappy, then it gets flushed to the bottom. And for that reason, um, editors of many major publications, including BuzzFeed, Huffington Post, Fast Company, Business Insider, and so on and so on and so on, um, they scrape Reddit for content. So if they see something at the top of a subreddit that's related to their publication, then they know that most other people probably haven't seen this. Uh, we already know that it's interesting to our readers because this Reddit community is our readership and they are loving this. So we're going to cover it. We're going to find the person that made it. We're going to interview them. We're going to talk about it. We're going to, you know, find the company or whatever it may be. And so winning on Reddit is honestly leverage everywhere else on the internet. Um, they kind of jokingly have labeled themselves uh, or tongue in cheek, the front page of the internet, and they're not wrong. Um, so really finding a way to honestly and earnestly invest in Reddit uh, and in that community has ways of benefiting you uh, all over the web. So um, my philosophy uh, in terms of Reddit marketing is, is truly to uh, understand the community in which you're working with uh, and figure out how to bring value to that community in a um, humble, non-narcissistic manner. Uh, and if that's not possible, being willing at every turn to abandon the idea, come up with a new idea, or just say, I'm sorry, you know, I can't work with you because as a company, your product, your service does not fit this audience. And a lot of times I've found products that do fit Reddit, but the leadership of the company is, is just too, um, too forceful, too pushy, too traditionally sales-minded. And I'm like, it's not going to fit here. Your voice will not fit here. It's not bad. It's not wrong. It just won't fit here. Um, and I think being willing to walk away is, is very much key. Would you say that for those companies that don't fit there is because they don't, um, whatever, whatever it is that they're trying to sell or whatever message they have, um, the audience won't feel understood once they receive that? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I mean, said differently, I think the, the number one reason that I will turn clients away or not, I, I rarely ever turn clients away, I refer them to other people. I say, this is who you need to talk to. I like, I like referring people. Um, but the number one reason that I do that is uh, really just a difference in philosophy. Um, you know, as I talked about before, it's, it's very important to understand your brand voice and, you know, the character of the brand uh, so that you can convey that personality. And, and most brands are very used to just 
selling. That's what they do. You know, they do PPC ads and they drive into a funnel and they, they do their thing. Um, that's how it's always been done and it's profitable. Uh, this is not, again, it's not better or worse. It's different. And uh, some people have that brand voice defined already. Um, you know, I, I gave some examples uh, in, a, in a talk recently in Vegas, Chubby's, Dollar Beard Club, Pornhub, uh, Squatty Potty. Um, you know, these are brands that are very high personality brands, very different brand archetypes, but high personality. Um, those are the ones that really thrive on Reddit. Uh, the ones that don't are, you know, I mean, you think like a car company or, you know, a, a Macy's or something like that. They're not high personality brands because they appeal to the masses and you can't make a brand like that have personality and you can't force a CEO who's not ready to open up in a way that they're not ready. And you also can't craft a personality out of midair. It comes from the leadership. Uh, so if the leadership just wants to make more money and retire to Boca and sell the company, then chances are there's not going to be the personality to tap into in order to leverage Reddit. Well said, Brian. And so, so tell us, for, for, for a marketing leader out there, uh, maybe they've got a smaller company or uh, you know, maybe they're a, a marketing manager at a larger company and they, you know, they're intrigued by Reddit, but they don't know where to start. Where, where would you say is ground zero for someone that's get, interested in getting started with Reddit as a marketing tool? There is a, a short spiel that I usually give to people to kind of tip them in. Um, and it's number one, don't, don't market, don't advertise, and don't think of Reddit as a tool. But create an account, um, go in and subscribe to uh, various subreddits. And if you, let's say, sell bicycles, um, just staring across my room looking at my bicycle, uh, if you sell bicycles, then you shouldn't only follow, you know, biking subreddits and, you know, outdoor activity subreddits and, and things like that because you're not only a bike person. Um, you know, you also love dogs and, you know, are single and play on Tinder and, you know, whatever it may be. So you want to really um, get involved in probably, I would say, three distinctly diverse communities. Um, so let's say that's uh, cycling, Tinder, and our gadgets, right? So it's all about gadgets. It's very, very different. Um, and then you spend, uh, I usually recommend 30 minutes a day, five days a week for 30 days um, because it's a bit like going to the gym. You have to go to the gym if you want to build muscle. And uh, when it comes to Reddit, you're essentially learning a language. So you need to immerse yourself. Um, it's the easiest way to learn it. Uh, and 30 minutes a day, you start by focusing on reading. Uh, so you read the comments, you, you read the content, and you just read it with this objective and analytical eye trying to understand like what, what the tone is. And once you read it, you start to understand it. And once you start to understand it, you can start to really listen to the tone behind the words. This is how you learn a language. You first learn, listen to read, and then you learn to listen. And then you learn to, you know, you learn basic words and then you learn to speak. Speaking is last. Speaking would be submitting content to Reddit. When you submit content to Reddit, you can practice. I used to practice by taking photos of my roommate's dog and submitting them to our awe. And I would take 50 photos, but I would try and find the best of those photos that I thought would fit that particular community. And the reason that you do three of these that are very different is because the tone in the Tinder subreddit is very cheeky and their post titles tend to be, um, they essentially tend to be the punchline of people's uh, profiles. And it kind of like, it's like a reverse joke, basically. Um, it, it seems a little clickbaity, but that's kind of the design of it versus our gadgets is all about gadgets. It's very analytical and pragmatic. It's like, this is the thing that was just released and here are the new specs. And you know exactly what you're seeing. And those two communities are very, very different because they're different topics, different, you know, personas, different people a lot of times, but there's some crossover. 
Um, so really just going to the gym, the proverbial gym, uh, and practicing and, and understanding the differences and the di dynamics between these communities, um, all of that helps you to jump into the community in which you want to speak with and then say, okay, I understand Reddit as a whole. I understand where the similarities are. I understand why this particular community is unique in comparison to Reddit as a whole. And I can see, you know, the trends of, you know, the most, the most upvoted posts. A lot of times I'll go into um, the, uh, the new posts and I'll try and predict which ones are going to get to the top of the subreddit. Uh, and it's kind of like fantasy, you know, fantasy football, fantasy baseball, <laughs> is that you're trying to predict who's going to do well based on, you know, what you know about the industry, essentially. Um, so that, that process is what I always get people started on within Ghost Influence. And then as they start engaging, um, it's really a matter of feedback and um, really acclimating the person and their personality to this community because every, every individual is going to interact with every community in a different way. Um, there will be elements of similarity, but uh, that's, that's why Ghost Influence is uh, a membership and a community, not a course or a book, uh, because it, it doesn't make sense as a course or a book, because it really is about leveraging personality, not about, um, you, know, you know, well, if you run your PPC ads this way, you're gonna get these results. That's just not how it works. That's an excellent illustration. Uh, Love that, that was great. Yeah, that good stuff, Brian. And, and so finally, where do you see uh, Reddit going as it continues to increase in popularity as a platform? Um, that's a loaded question. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think that there's uh, there's a lot of potential for Reddit. Um, you know, they, they have Reddit corporate. They have their, their things that they can work on and fix. Um, you know, communication between admins and users is certainly, uh, you know, uh, trying at times. Um, and communities keep popping up. Uh, but I think the more people that jump into Reddit, the more people are understanding the value, the more people start to branch out. Um, you know, it's kind of like, uh, oh, what's a good example? Um, drones. Drones. Sorry, I just watched a video about drones. Um, drones started to get cheaper, and the cheaper they get, the more people that have them. Or the more people that have them, the more people start to see, oh, well, sure, they can use be used for wedding photography, but, you know, I can also do it for, you know, my school project, and I can use it for my blog. And wait a second, I I can't have my drone follow me around without having the remote control in the shot. So, you know, hey, I've got an idea for a company. I'm going to create a drone that automatically follows you around, you know. And so the more the more people that have them, the more creative they start to get and the more um, out of the box they start to think. And that's kind of what happens with Reddit is the more the more people that know how the community works and know how to engage, the more creative people uh, come up with ideas to provide value to the platform. Um, companies are starting to design entire marketing campaigns um, basically with the sole goal of entertaining people on Reddit. And if they win, they win big. And if they don't, then um, Reddit gives them some uh, very accurate feedback about what they did wrong, uh, which which they have the choice to uh, act on or dismiss. And, and the former is usually the smarter decision. <laughs> That, that's that's great, Brian. And so we try to make sure with all of our uh, guests that we bring on here, there's so much uh, good knowledge that's dropped. But could, could you give our could you give our listeners one thing to go away with? I know you mentioned you like that that you like that concept too. So what what's one thing that that, that our audience can take away from in regards to uh, Reddit and uh, using it as a brand? Yeah, I, I think that. Um... 
Looking at the numbers and, and you know, ROI for, for marketing initiatives, um, it has its place. Uh, but I think that what most marketers have gotten away from, I mean, the longer you're in marketing, the more that this is true, uh, is that they forget that all of these clicks, um, these little, you know, things that pop up and say, you know, clicks and conversions and, uh, you know, scroll through rate and all that jazz, it's all people. Um, and it's really easy to forget that. And a lot of times I designed something with a singular person in mind. Uh, when I did the Facebook ad prank, um, at the time I had a friend that was a prototypical Redditor. Uh, he's an entrepreneur. He's actually a jewelry designer. Um, and I was living with him at the time. He's a good friend. And I looked through Reddit and I said, after, after looking through all of this, I, I kind of, I, I think that he's my avatar. Like, of you know, like, granted, I'm not only appealing to people like him, but he was my avatar. And granted, he, you know, he didn't know marketing. He was an entrepreneur, so he could, like, you know, he could follow it if I, if I laid it out in the right way. And given the fact that I was trying to write that article to non-marketers, but still have it be interesting to marketers, um, he was kind of the person I was writing for. And so when I created that piece of content, I was in my mind, I was sitting across the table from him a few drinks in telling him the story. I wrote it for him. And, you know, it's, it's much easier to express personality to an individual because you know that individual, you have a relationship with them. Um, so I, I think that I would really encourage people to, to look at their marketing initiatives and say, who is, who is the person I'm trying to serve? And I, I kind of always stay away from the like, you know, what's your customer avatar? Um, and really, you know, I don't know Susie who's between, you know, this age and this age and, you know, has this problems in her job and blah, blah, blah. Like that's, I, that's your customer avatar. That's who you're aiming for. Cool. I'm talking about someone in your life that you know, and you have a relationship with. Um, and really just like, if you, if you have uh, someone in your life that fits within your customer avatar and you can't sell it to them, then something's wrong. And so really just taking the time to hone down to one person and craft the message so that that person is just like, I'm done. I'm done. Shut up. Take my money. I love you. I'm going to tell everybody about you. This is the most amazing thing. Oh my God, you changed my life. Um, how to get that response from that one person. And if you write it for them and you hit them in that way and really just cater to who they are, the other people who are kind of like that are going to follow behind with a similar amount of, of um, enthusiasm. And, and that's really what matters. So uh, the, the lack of personality is, is often attributed to uh, the attempt to speak to a broad audience. And, you know, it's when you try and speak to everyone, you end up connecting with no one. Uh, so really just focus in on that one person and craft that message so that if, you know, if it's the person that's going to buy your product or service, that they're going to punch old ladies and throw child, children out of the way to get there, um, you know, versus just saying, this is the, the pimp cup that every college student needs to own. It's like, okay, well, you know, I don't associate with the word pimp and I already have a cup and, you know, I'm graduating next year, right? It's very easy to dismiss. Uh, so really just focus in. I don't know where that metaphor came from, but uh, really just focus in on one person. I'm not selling pimp cups, although that's an interesting business for my CV. And how many old ladies have you punched? Uh, three. Okay. Just well, are we counting Mrs. Shannon? <laughs> Mrs. Shannon? Yes. <laughs> um, I don't know. It's only Thursday. Yes. Awesome. Good deal. And, 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 and Brian, where can, where, where can our listeners get a hold of you? Uh, I am all the places uh, as Ghost Influence. Uh, ghostinfluence.com, Ghost Influence on Twitter, Ghost Influence on Instagram, Ghost Influence on Facebook, um, all, all the things, Ghost Influence, uh, and also iTunes. Um, so, yeah. 
That is that is the brand that I. It's the one brand that I managed to capture all the social properties. I I don't know how that nice. happened. It's a tough thing anymore. It is. It is. And then you have to bribe people and fly to South Africa and put out a hit on someone because they have the Twitter account you want. And, you know, that did not happen. Uh, not the hit part, but someone I had to. Just punching old ladies. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. If, if you have a solution for hunting down rogue handles, uh, by all means, let us know when we get off this recording. <laughs> we can absolutely have that conversation. <laughs> What's hilarious is that after this entire conversation, I feel like I have to, to clarify. I have actually never been arrested in my entire life. Um, so, so yeah. So, I, I managed to do something right. Either that or just my attorneys are really awesome. But both are probably true. <laughs> Uh, that's the congratulations <laughs> yeah. that's a sign you've made it yes. yeah so. always have a good attorney thank you <laughs> all right great uh brian thanks thanks again for joining us this does it for another uh edition of the lion's share marketing podcast tune in again we'll have another guest for you soon and that concludes our interview with brian switchko and thanks for listening. And thanks again to Brian. If you'd like to connect with us and get the show notes, you can visit lionssharepodcast.com slash two. That's lionssharepodcast.com slash two. Hey, Kyle. Yeah. You know what time it is? What time? Oh, what time is it? It's time for a marketing joke. Okay. Let's do it. What's a pirate's favorite thing about marketing? Pirate's favorite thing about marketing. Gotta be the honest. ROI. <laughs> ROI. ROI. Okay. R may be right if you listen to these jokes too much. <laughs> All right. Well, make sure you subscribe on iTunes and feel free to leave us a rating. Actually, after this, you probably don't want to leave us a rating. <laughs> Wait till we have better jokes and then leave us a rating. All right. Thanks again, uh, Kyle. It's been a pleasure. Thanks again to Brian, our host. Until next time, you've been listening to the Lion Share Marketing Podcast. You've been listening to the Lion Share Podcast, brought to you by Fidelitas Development, your marketing partner for better brand loyalty.